Right, gang, welcome to the podcast. It's uh, just me and Rob again. No Mike. Not heard from Mike in a little while, actually. Not since the uh, England Columbia game. So. It's one know. of those where if I didn't know our Mike, like the back of my hand, I would be you know, worrying, worrying about his existence. But, but yeah, no, I mean, when you've heard from, from Francesca, you'd think if he, if he had gone full missing. Uh, yeah, so 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 yeah, so we've had we've had both knockout rounds since last time. Anything else going on in the world? Well, uh, not so much like within you know for work life and stuff. But I had a weird Friday where in uh, in Bush there was like in, a, in where sorry Shepherd's Bush. Mate, you can't refer to it. No, nah, I can't. Nah, I'm doing it. it. I'm doing it, mate. It's, <laughs> I mean, you do that if that's what you want, but the kids will laugh at you, mate. Well, shepherd's bush anyway. And, uh, yeah, there was... It was weird, so the traffic comes in, and it's like the red the red light, so we can, we can go. But no one's moving, so I'm like, what's going on? And <laughs> what's happening is, there's like two cars which are, cars which are being police marshalled. But I don't know what constitutes that being a thing. Like, do you have to be? You don't have to be a celebrity, do you? Would it be royalty or? No, there's like two like police officers on uh, like motorbikes. Really? Yeah, like stopping. Like there was one guy ushering them, like leading them through, and then there was like another guy on his bike just stopping everyone. Okay. Where was the, this? Was it Shepherd's Bush? Yeah, it was. It was a. Uh, they were just going straight, so it was right there. You know that uh, view, which has now seemed to be a Weatherspoons. No, it's always been a Weatherspoons <laughs> fair, mate. Like, that's just that's just how it is. Like it's all as it's yeah, just a bit run down. Yeah, I was going to say, but that's its more its bigger selling point now, though. Yeah, no, but like the, the, the Weatherspoons was always there. Like it's, yeah, it, so it was like there. It was on that road. Oh, okay, yeah. And then I was walking. Down that road, I'm going to turn left and I go down. I don't know what the road's called, but you know which goes from Shepherd's Bush to Hammersmith. That's Shepherd's Bush Road. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So I was going down there, and then just some bloke on the road who's obviously been run over. Really? On like on his don't see a lot of that on his bike, but it was one of those where he wasn't in excruciating pain, but he wasn't moving anything. So he was conscious, and he probably has broken summer. But he was just like, yeah, just in some sort (laughs) of... It it was weird. It it was like someone put him in the recovery position (laughs) and then just (laughs) left him. So he just had people just stood (laughs) around him (laughs) with some oldish guy who, I'm guessing, knocked him over. Uh, and then and him does. just on the floor, but like looking at people like, oh, mate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's me just lying on the floor. <laughs> yeah. He'll be alright, don't worry about it. That's a bit weird. And then on the, on the same day, as I was saying to you before, I had some weird woman on the tube who kept like coming down the carriages just begging for money, but being so inaudible that I had no idea what she was shouting at me. I- do often wonder with both like what are you doing on the tube? Like I very rarely see anyone give someone money on the tube and like, like I mean I, I suppose Amersfoon City was it Amersfoon City? Uh district it was. Oh okay. They must because they must got on like a bit further out where like Yeah, so I got it I got it at, I got it at um Earl's Court. 
That's and then I was going to Parsons Green. Yeah, you get him a bit, you get him a lot on... So she was on that, and then she had like a walking stick, and she was not steady, in the slightest. Just like, screaming something that I don't know what it was. And then, I was saying to, um, to Carlos, like, when I went to America, like, it it changed me to the point where I don't carry money on me anymore. No, me And neither. especially when you've got a contactless card, you can just, you know, yeah, put it down, and then that's it. Like, I guess if you live in a place up north, if you use public transport, you'd have to have money on you. So like so. a bus and stuff. Mm. But here, you can just use your card and you get on and then. So I look, I was like, I've only got about 25p. So I actually gave her 25p, but it was like, not just a 20 and a 5. It was like a 20 and like a 1, then a 2, then like another 2. So it did look or sound to the untrained night like I'd given her about, you know, maybe four quid. But I had just given her 25p. Come on. Gonna, gonna make it count. Yeah, I remember, I can't remember where, where it was where I used to occasionally get those. Like, I think it was on some kind of overbound train. Where, like, but, like, what I always found dead weird was, like, they go through, like, little batches of, like, of having, like, a spiel. But it was always <laughs> the same. And I was like... Who's going out and training them what to say? Because you get, like, you get them... Like, it always happened. They'd be, like, in a, in a, a month, you'd get, like, four or five beggars on, on the tube that you saw. And then you'd have a few months without. And then you'd have, like, you know, they'd be back. But, like, they would... It was like they were reading off a script. They'd all say the same thing, <laughs> essentially. And like I was, it always weirded me out. Like, but clearly somebody has sat them all down and gone, look, lads, this is what you need to say. Well, I've not seen them for a while, but when I first moved down it, I used to always see, you know those guys who would just get on a tube and start playing some weird oh, electronic yeah. keyboard? Yeah. And then, like, just singing. And then they play for about two minutes, stop, and then just demand that you give them money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, mate, hey, I didn't ask you to get on the tube. I didn't ring up someone and say, this tube needs livening up. Can you come and put some music on for me? You sent some lads out to stop. <laughs> I need reinforcements. We'll obviously pay them when they're done. Yeah. It's like a guy, I don't know if you've ever walked underneath, you know, the underpass going from where Eddie Woods Community Centre is to Shepherd's Bush. Oh, yeah. There's always, like, a guy under there who, to be fair to him... Yeah, I normally pop out and go <laughs> Yeah, no one wants to go under the... <laughs> no, Free the underpass, but he, he does solid work, that lad. Plus, I'm not 100% sure where the underpass comes out. Is it just further Just behind? where the road is. Yeah, so... So it just, comes, it just basically comes out so on the road. behind the train station. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but, yeah, yeah there's... That bloke who's just, you know, minding his own business. And his, his steez is, like, just playing guitar. Yeah, fair play to him. The thing with little guys on the tube is, the ones I've seen are always rubbish. Like, yeah, like I, I said, mean, like, they come on. Don't want to hear Two it. minutes of just riffraff and then demand that you give them money. Proper <laughs> rabble that. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what, man? Like, is this a shakedown? <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, it's it's not like I've just rang up London, you know, transport and gone, I need this tube livening up. I've had a shit day. <laughs> and these guys just turn up on request whenever you want them to. One time I accidentally got off, like, at the same station as those guys. 
like, what do they do though do they do they carry on playing or do they just wait for another tube and get on that really remember what they, they like but they stopped and had like a bit of a like some kind of you know team match conference <laughs> on the platform and by that time i was out there because i was as acutely aware that well there was one time i, I watched these guys go about the business and they were proper critical of you know one of their own team like he wasn't pulling his way really? yeah it was quite amusing that's amazing i hope <laughs> I hope he felt that. I think what happened from the untrained eye was just, he was just had enough. It's like, lads. I don't want to do this no more. This shit housery has gone on way too long now. Like, on a similar note, like, this was ages ago, but it was dead weird. I was on the tube once, and like, I was reading a book, you know, as I, as I do on the tube. Just, this was long enough ago, but I can't remember I didn't have a Kindle at the time. Normally I'd have a Kindle on the tube, or if it was just one of the books Carlos has, so I was just reading it in book form. But I was there, minding my own business, with headphones on, reading a book, and some guy, right, felt the need to walk up to me. As he was sat down, so he stood up, came over, to him, told me that the book I was reading was a good book. And I was <laughs> like, I'm reading it, mate, so... I mean, thanks. I don't know where we go from here. I had a guy as well next to me on the tube uh, on Friday who did the move where I think you mentioned it a few weeks ago about chess, was it? <laughs> so he was reading the chess book, like a chess like tactics book, you know, to make himself look studious and stuff. <laughs> you gotta love that kind of thing. But I could tell he didn't understand what he was reading because he was on the same page all the time for about at least ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a bit weird to get like, he must have read. He must have read, because my tube journey that day was like 25 minutes. He must have read about five pages. I mean, fair play to him. You've got to, you know, that's the thing with chess, mate. You've got to, A, you have to do it in a public place, your, your chess research. And B, you really got to take your time over it and make sure you know Meticulous chess on. research. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You, you need I wouldn't that understand. Out. I wouldn't understand. No, it gets a bit involved, I assume. Like, I, I can play, but I just, you know, I just go mental and just try and win, and then essentially just ignore what the other person's doing until I inevitably lose, because I haven't actually been watching what they're doing. <laughs> so you go gun call, <laughs> lose, yeah. and then try and throw down with him straight after, to try and the, beat him up with actually, his own shoes. Generally what happens, unless the other person is, like, legit good at chess, like, if they're just a standard person who knows how to play... Normally what happens is, the first time I kind of annihilate him, right? But then the second time I'm like, wait a minute, this guy just, like, he's, he's not even paying attention to what I'm doing. Like, I, I spent ages, like, I can just, I can just do this and he won't know. It's like, like, I, like, in the first one, people, like, give me a bit too much credit and, like, you know, go a bit defensive. And that doesn't work, because I'm just going... You sound like the later years of Arsene Wenger. (laughs) Just doesn't pay attention to, like, opponent strategy. (laughs) Just does his own thing and hopes for, like... Yeah, so normally you get away with it once, and then they're like, this guy's actually just a joker. Can't believe he beat him. Like, yeah, and that's that's fair. Is there anything else going on in the world of Rob? Um, Not too much. I worked with Black Neil today. Black Neil. Good yeah. Black Neil. Black Neil. I mean, I know Neil deGrasse Tyson oh, is also Black Neil, but I genuinely don't know anyone else who's black called Neil. It's a 
bit of an odd one, I'll grant you that. I mean, I think we should probably point it out because he's your player and white your own player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's loads, like, there's loads of names, isn't there? Like, uh, yeah. White Claude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's, there's loads of them but yeah Black Neil was like good a lad. bit of a riot today good lad uh, yeah he was the cock of a one a cult hero like we are saying to you not one I just conjured up and decided to anoint him on <laughs> genuinely a cult hero like he just referred to everyone as coach even though he'd been told <laughs> what everyone's name was to be fair maybe you just didn't care what your name was or maybe you just <laughs> want your right to be called coach I don't know what you brought a formal proceed, uh, formal take to proceedings. Did did Owen Eel? But yeah, he was he was quite amazing. But like I said, he was we were carrying equipment back to like the uh, the van, and I just heard this person this noise behind me. And like I did I didn't know like who it was. I thought oh, this is whoever's behind me is like real, and it's like hot weather as well. I'm like he's he's, he's, in, he's in trouble here, and I don't know why he's carrying on jogging because you know around Holland Park, I just assume everyone jogs. Because yeah. they do, to be fair. And like, you just tur- I turn around and I'll just hear it. I'm fucking exhausted, coach. <laughs> While he's like dropping all the equipment he's, you know, being asked to carry. It's just like, yeah, he's got a job done, though. But yeah, he was a bit of a laugh. But the one thing with people who run at Holland Park and just anywhere in general is, unless you're really training for something, I don't see the point in you know making yourself in some way like ill <laughs> like some of the noises I heard people running with today I was like it's 8 o'clock here like I'm here because I'm working <laughs> yeah. but you're here like out of leisure yeah. like why are you here running choosing to do this with your time I've got to ask and it's like really hot as well I'm just like mate just have a lie in it's Sunday. It is Sunday. It's Sunday. Just have a lie. Even you know. I mean, it's what I did. I said I didn't even have that much of a lie in because of a goddamn piano person. <laughs> <laughs> just won't let up. The, the piano this last week. Yeah, we did. We did mention a piano. Uh, did we decide it's not a recorder because it is no, bizarrely we, loud? We, like um, last week, we we claimed it was a recorder, but it turns out it isn't. No, it can't be. It's fucking loud ass. Yeah, so anyway, so that woke me up at about nine when I just got up. And I was like, fucking piano bird. But as I said to you before, there was one round Holland Park today which sounded like the loudest harmonica I've ever heard in my life. It was that would be brutally loud. To the point where you could hear it outside and I knew I wasn't all that close to the house that was playing. Yeah. I mean, it's quite hard to get that close to any house around, but I'm back. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's well loud. I can hear it here. And I'd be just ready to throw down if I lived here and that was happening every Sunday around 8am. I mean, that's just inhumane. And I said, why are you doing that to the people? Like, you must know it makes a sound. To like, quote, that's why you took it up. To paraphrase the wire, never on no Sunday. I've not some, seen that much of a wire. There should be got... some sort of Sunday truce where... Just people, just, get to, just people get to be super lazy. Just do nothing. It's... Well, I mean, even God's behind that. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. He's on record. He's behind that. Uh, I never watched for a while, you know. Like, I only got about two-thirds of the way through the first series because I lost access to my Sky Go. 
<laughs> uh, mainly because it wasn't my Skygo, it's my parents. But put it on my iPad when I was back. Yeah, one that's time. that's what I do. So but I then, just use my mum's Sky Q, my mum and dad's Sky Q now, so I yeah, can just watch whenever. Now. I need to re- I need to get my password again because like I set it up. Like, now but as, on it, as you know, though, parents are useless with retrieving passwords. No, so. I had, that's the problem. Like, they have no idea that they've even got a Sky password. They have no <laughs> idea what's going on. We don't know if we can do this. But I was there one time, so I set up an account and basically just created a password and, like, I sorted it out. But I created it so that they'd know what it was. You have no chance of remembering it. Yeah, my parents it. are. And now I don't know. My what parents, it is. you know, unless they're listening, which I'm pretty sure they ain't. I have you no idea. Them? that I'm scamming them out of SkyQ. <laughs> but uh, what I did with The Wire, because I've seen like it in entirety a few times, I downloaded every episode just so I can... You know, when I go back home, I can just... Just just flick it on. Just flick it on. But it's not one of those shows where you can just flick on and watch the odd episode. You've got to... If you make a commitment to watch it, you've got to go right through it. Yeah, that was my other thing with, with, with The Wire. It's not... Like, it's obviously... Good, but it's not great background watching. No, it's there's always something. There's always something. From what I've noticed when I've watched it over and over again, it's like I missed something that I didn't see before. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry, I spot something that I I missed the previous time watching it. I do need to watch it. I've been meaning to for ages. Plus, it's got your man from Remember the Titans in, and as you know, I like that. Yeah, what's his name again? I've Plays A- Avon. In yeah, I forgot his name. I do know, but I can't remember what it is. It's not Carl Weathers. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's all I know. It's a. Uh, oh, what's his name now? Is it like. I, I, anyway. Is it like Wood something? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's Wood. Um, is it Harris or something? Yeah, Wood Harris. Is, is, that, is that. I'm going to. No, that, that is I'm his Googling name. His, that, his name is Wood Harris, you are right. Anyway. Because what's his second name in Remember the Titans? It's Julius Summers. Yeah, yeah. Wood Harris makes sense, man. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah, in my world, Rob, just, just so you know. Yeah, it's Wood Harris. Yeah, I know, mate. I know. Yeah, so <laughs> there's, like, not, not a huge amount going on. I managed to, to dodge, like, it looked like I was going to have to work Saturday, which I dodged, by not even working that much longer than normal on Friday, to be honest. Some, some removal people really did me right. So I was supposed to, so I was doing like an office move, like as part of it. The idea was, when we originally booked it in, it was going to be like, oh, they'll pick all, all the stuff up on Friday and I'll go back on Saturday and set up all the computers. But, like, then I was talking to people about, like, actually, like, the, the mobile guys are arriving at, like, one, and our office is literally five minutes down the road, and that's, like, walking. So, like, it's really close. So I was like, okay. I was like, so what time do you reckon they'll have it in your office? Like three o'clock. So I was like, I reckon it'll take me about three, four hours to, to do it all. So, you know, seven, but then I'll have to work Saturday. But the guys got there at like 12 and had it unloaded by about one. So I was essentially done by five. And then I was just kicking around doing now for a bit. Could you have actually come home at five or did you have to no, so like, stay there? No, so this work, like... A, some, I could have, but summer came up and I had to do an extra little bit. That's oh, about right, okay. six because I had to wait for the, for people at the new office to turn up and tell me how to install a printer, which is a bit annoying. But the main thing at work is about 18 people are leaving. 18? Like, no, it's two. But, <laughs> but, you know. I was like, mate, that's, that's quite a big uh, like overhaul for you being quite blasé about it. Yeah, I know, but like, I don't know how it is like in... in I don't know how it is in anything but IT, but essentially, 
Like if two people leave, you're likely to get about six people leaving in for four weeks or so afterwards. There's always a weird little mini exodus when a couple of people leave. Dep- it that. depends what, in my line of work, it really depends on um, what sort of, if it's part-time or full-time. Yeah. So, like, if your company's basically built on part-time workers, like doing the, you know, the, the groundwork, mm. then you will have an exodus of people going. But if it's, like, a full-time... So, like, I do the stuff in the week full-time, and I do stuff on the weekend part-time. Yeah. So you get more turnover, <clears throat> I found, from the guys who I work with on the weekend than full-time by a mile. Yeah, but I see it's a bit weird for the staff turnover, because it's, like... Like, obviously, at the ground level, it was, like, really high turnover everywhere, because entry-level IT jobs are A, shit, and B, you get loads of people. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, like, so, essentially, anyone who's any good just, like, does it for about a year. Mate, I did it for, like, three months, and you know what my title was? Content editor, you know what I was just doing? Cutting and pasting. It's all I was doing, mate, but they jazzed up my title. That's a good title, that, to be fair. You can't knock it, mate. But um, there was one... So I did that for, like, three months. Like, uh, I did that in Manchester, and um, what happened was... We were at one place, one site. So uh, I worked in the department where other com- like companies would hire our company to build a website. Yeah. But I was in the department of like putting the content of their old website in a new layout that we've um. put it in. So like I said, my job was basically at, at the best of times just cutting and pasting stuff. <laughs> and uh, we went on site to this place, I think it was called Holiday Break in Northwich, which was a predominantly female uh, organisation, yeah, which, I, I'm not joking, I drank more cups of tea there. And I like drinking cups of tea because <laughs> I've grown up where like my gram every hour would ask me do I want some sort of hot drink. And obviously at the time when I was too young to drink coffee, tea was the... The drink prefer, of choice. I prefer tea. I would get up, like, yeah. I only I only ever drink coffee if I'm at a coffee shop. That's or, fair. Like I'm out and about. Like I would never buy tea from like an like unless it was. No, I almost never buy tea when I'm out. But so, but at this place I was with this guy, he was like my supervisor, and he was like an author, so he'd, he'd wrote like I think two books. So he wrote one, and then he'd uh, was in the process of writing the sequel. Oh, and it was like uh, sci-fi, but I can't remember exactly what it was specifically about. And he's like, oh, R- Rob, do you want to read this? And I'm like, come on, mate, you, you've known me now for... You know I'm not going to read that. And he's like, yeah, it's worth a try. <laughs> Shooter's got a shoot and all that. I'm like, yeah, sure, mate. But then what he'd keep, he'd keep doing was they had like a book display at his place. He'd just keep putting his book at the front. Really? Yeah, he'd just keep walking in with like copies of his book. And then just putting it at the front and like rearranging the display. This guy sounds like a hero. Just so like when you walk in. Um his name was Andrew Butterworth. Oh, okay. No, I've never heard of him. So like I'm guessing he's only wrote like at most two books. But he'd just come in with a a new copy every day and just rearrange. Because I think what happened was they seemed quite selective with their book choices. So if you just came in and started rearranging it, 
there was someone there, I reckon he was like... <laughs> just pointing back. Yeah, and then rearranging it how it was originally placed. So he just keep coming... Because what happened was his copy kept being moved as well. <laughs> so he'd have to keep coming in. He'd, go, he'd just look over and go, oh, damn it, they've moved it. And then he'd just whip another one out of his bag and then just go and rearrange <laughs> it again. And this went on, mate, because I worked at that site for about three weeks. This happened non-stop for at least two. Like, every day. <laughs> mate, that is... Phenomenal dedication. It's what it takes to make it an And I'm like, mate, how many of these have you got? Has your book not been like, what's the word? But, uh, what happened to partridges? But was it pulped or something? <laughs> yeah. Is it like, when, is your book not in line to get pulped yet? <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> how many of these have you got with you where you just keep walking in every day with a new copy? I was like, I know that times are rough because you've asked me, do I want to read it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair play to it, though. Well, that place was amusing. Like every every ten minutes, just someone would go, "Do you want a drink? Do you want a cup of tea?" I'm like, but she's just asked me. Like ten <laughs> minutes, she made me want. It's, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Anyone want a brew? No. no. <laughs> a woman's coming. She's there. We see with a tray of hot drinks. Yeah. It was just one of those places. I'm guessing most officers are like this, where it was just anything to stop actually doing work. Yeah, they normally provide tea and coffee as well. Like if they. Well, one, one time, me and this other guy rebelled against it to buy our own twinings because the TV provided me shit. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, it worked really well. We got it off Amazon, got a decent price. Got fucking loads of it as well. That's it forever. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so the moral of my story um, was uh, forget. Oh, no, it's, <laughs> might, have to, might, have to, might have to leave before loads of other people do. Obviously, this is how an exodus starts. This exact yeah, sure. thought. But I don't want it. I don't, you don't want to be one of the guys sinking after shit. the exodus. Yeah, sure. No, but shit never sinks. It's just always a god-awful period where, like, you know, you're just like... Where oh, lads no. are leaving. Yeah, I've been... For ages I've been meaning to get into being, like, part of an on-site IT team for an actual company because it's fucking loads easier than what I do because you basically don't have to do fuck all most days. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd imagine as well, though, with IT is that with like staff turnover if you're in the middle of a project or it's yeah. pretty hard so you know for the new guys to come in and hit the ground running yeah it's very annoying very annoying indeed actually like we've just been through a appraisal thing i should be having a bloody salary review soon so like you know i'm gonna have to poke them with a stick and be like give me lots of money or you know I'm <laughs> but we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes it, you might overplay your hand somewhat. Yeah. yeah <laughs> There's always that yeah. risk. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm a maverick, you know that. Yeah, you can't hit the play. Just go out the game, mate. Oh, just got to charge it to the game. That's if right, if yeah. you get sacked, you just got to charge it to the game, mate. No, no you're not, mate. <laughs> Unless I punch someone. You know. You might do. It's not really out. We'll see, we'll see how we go. You do get quite fighty. Yeah, I do get quite fighty. Anyway, so I uh, see. So, yeah, it's been my life. Obviously, there's been you know football on as well. Has there? Yeah, a bit of it. Yeah, yeah. And Wimbledon. Let's not forget about Wimbledon. To be fair, as I was saying uh, to you and Carlos, like I think with Wimbledon, they should have just postponed it this year. Either postponed it. Or just made sure that next year's counts as double. Yeah, so you've won two. Like, like, if you win it next year, you've, you've won this year's as well. That would have been a lot of fun. But there was, um, I saw a tweet today 
I think it was about because that Kyle Edmund guy he played Djokovic and he, did, yeah. he got a bit waxed, he did. didn't he? He started off he well, set, though, and then is... he got waxed by by yeah, the end of it. But someone uh, pulled off. I think I'm not sure if it was BBC Sport, but I'll say it for this for the sake of this. Like it was BBC Sport, and they were like, "Yeah, not all good news for England fans." Kyle Edmund got beat, and then someone was like, mate, who cares? <laughs> yeah, England are through. No <laughs> yeah. one cares. Like, nobody cares. Like, honestly, you know, I, I like my tennis, and I, Wimbledon might as well not exist this year, as far as I'm concerned. Um, like, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, not yeah, that I do it the best of times anyway, but all I know is that Djokovic is ageing like a pear in the sun. He is a bit, yeah. But I don't know, like, if you're going to have it on, they should have just delayed it. If you're desperate to have it on. Well, I mean, they have it on every year, and that was normally an international tournament. I don't remember it being this much of a problem in the past. Like, they must always overlap. I mean, I don't know. I think we were talking about this. I'm guessing Wimbledon dates are the same, but it felt like Wimbledon was a bit early. It's normally about now. Because it's normally like the first two weeks of July, I think. So you're the tennis savant. Well, it's normally a, around my birthday. All oh, right. Okay. So, so yeah, it's like it's normally about this time. Well, yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. And yeah, I don't really know what's going on. Tennis for me, just in in general, is proper suffering from like there's there's no new players. That's like none of. There's no one coming through or anything. Like all the young guys have seen crap compared to the generation that went before them, um, which you know, but to I think some degree is the generation before them was pretty fantastic. I was going to say that but the problem with that is is though, like the your Federer's, your Nadal's, your Djokovic and Murray's are so good yeah, that yeah. it's virtually impossible to like replicate it. And then you just think for the guys who come in after. Yeah, a bit shit them. When in reality, they're not. They're just not once in a generation guys like the four dudes before him. Yeah, so... Like, football's going to be the same. When Ronaldo and Messi inevitably decide it's over, like, I don't see anyone remotely reaching that level. Is this Ronaldo to you, anything real? What's going on there, Like, It seems, like... It seems... I mean, I won't believe it till he officially... Is there holding the event as sort with Ronaldo on the back, and he's being presented as who's a signing? Number seven at the minute. Who's getting the vote from being number seven? Do they have one? I don't know. It's not Paul, is it? Don't think so. Paul's ten. Uh, I'm not sure, but oh no, he can't be ten. I, I won't. Um, yeah, I won't be fully. Oh, he's signed until he has actually signed. Yeah, but this does seem the closest though he's been. Yeah, it seems like it's a real thing that is actually happening. Well, the, only prob- 10, the only well, problem... The only problem... Mustn't have. Yeah. The only thing for Juve is how they're going to pay his wages. But from what I've read, Fiat seem that they'll pick up, up they'll pick up the, the slack. Hmm. But they'll, af- they'll have to sell... I, I would have thought Higuain's off. Yeah, I mean... There ain't room for them to... No, I mean, like, what do you think of that as a signing from Juve, just generally? I think it's a bit, I don't know, I don't, I wouldn't do it, I don't think. Well, they're, they're now, Juve are a bit like Paris, aren't they? They've got their league largely on lock. They do, yeah. So they've got to shoot for the stars a bit now. Yeah, it's, like, he's, he's what, 33 now? It's a bit of a, 
know, it's, it's going to be a lot I think Ronaldo, though, keeps himself in such good shape where he'll score goals for a good, like, yeah. few years left. But he will just be a number nine. And I think you, for you, that's fine. They've yeah. got lads that can play around him, like Dabala and Douglas Costa, that... They will, you know, get him the service and he will score. Yeah, he'll definitely score and stuff. I don't know, it's just, I was just thinking, could they use the, the money in some better way? Well, I'm not very sure. What, I don't you know. know, I don't think they could, in all honesty. Like, I don't think they're a, an attractive enough option to get, like, an Mbappe. You know, obviously Paris have got him, so he won't sell him anyway. But even from a Monaco... Yeah. Like, I don't think they could have gone, ah, oh, we'll spend £180 million on Mbappe, we'll bring him in. But Ronaldo's a great name to have, so it's, it, it, yeah, it's it in be, they're yeah. in that like purgatory where I don't think they're attractive enough to buy like the next budding star. But then they could they've still got a bit of a a traditional historical presence where they could entice a Ronaldo to go. You know what? I'll try Italy now. Yeah, to be fair, like from his point of view, if he went Italy and like I mean, particularly if he somehow got him a Champions League. Yeah, it's not impossible. Like, it'd be a bit after, you know, have a good year and what and whatnot. But like, if he managed to win the Champions League in, in England, Spain, and, and Italy, like, I mean, for his own personal ego, that that'd be that's quite just, a thing that's to be able to go never gonna people. gonna get repeated if he does that. Yeah, like, exactly. So I can totally see why he'd do it. But I, I read somewhere that he really enjoyed you know that time when he scored the bicycle kick and they stood up and applauded him and then when he went off they like give him a standing ovation oh really like that really stood to him but you know these are great fans and this would be a great club to actually play for it's interesting but I do think that until I do see him with that Juventus scarf and the Ronaldo Juventus shirt then I can't quite for ages, for bloody ages. But anyway. but um, just on it, Italy as well. Your lads, Milan, have yeah, they've yeah, it's all <laughs> they've blown a gasket. Yeah, I mean, I think we all saw it coming. Well, well not from the start, but in like well, we, over a few months. We all sort of had an idea that this is how it'd play out, but yes. we were so desperate for them to get back in the pantheon of great European clubs that we. Just like, well, yeah, yeah, it's probably fine. He's only a week late. He'll be all right. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll pay that 30 million. He'll be fine. No, he'll he's be not all right, mate. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> They'd kill for the Portsmouth lad. <laughs> they probably would at this point. Yeah, it's, it's a bit because there is an Italian guy who does want to like buy Milan and he seems quite well off, but he's got to go through all the like, Big yeah, and he doesn't seem like he can be arsed. I mean, fair enough because obviously that hedge fund have got him now. Yeah, no one wants to be on by a hedge fund. Because they're just going to... Super dodge. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, well, that's kind of depressing. Because we've had this conversation before. Like, to my mind, because of not watching domestic Italian football that much, and growing up in the 90s, Milan are like uh, Italy's biggest club in my mind. I know in practical terms, they're not really. But you know what I mean. They are are Liverpool, aren't they? They're Liverpool and Juventus are United. Hmm. So, I, I reckon until about, you know, late 90s, most people resonated more with Liverpool. You know, worldwide. Yeah. Like, they win stuff and United just win the leagues and stuff. But 
European football needs one of Inter or Milan to be good again. Well, Inter have got big money, haven't they? Yeah, they've got big plans, so yeah, they look like they'll be ready to rock. Yeah, but do you bet you'd bet back? They bought Nangaland, didn't we? Yeah, that was it. They bought Nangaland, yeah. A good signing. They seem good signing. quite well off, and they've got a good structure in, in place to give Juventus the biggest rivalry, I think. Yeah, in the, in the next few years. Yeah, I think so. They've got um, your boy Mauro as well, haven't they? Yeah, Cardi. and he looks like he'll stay. So yeah, why wouldn't he? He you likes know, it there. Other than you know, big big money, huh? seems fair enough. Right, shall we? Uh, should we talk World Cup now? Yeah, it has a thing that happened. <laughs> so, uh, so I was lied to about Brazil uh, again. Gonna stop falling for me being lied to about Brazil. Brazil, they're, they're not. 1970s Brazil with a defence, as I was as I was essentially told. They're just the same Brazil from last from the last tournament, except they didn't take an absolute beating. Yeah, the thing with with Brazil was that, from what I saw from the reaction of the Belgium game, as people going, yeah, but we were so unlucky and they deserved to come come back and get something, you know, maybe force it to extra time, whatever. But Belgium took it upon themselves to defend. Like, it wasn't a fantastic strategy because it very nearly cost them. And, you know, Gabby Jesus should have got a penalty. He damn well should have, yeah. But Belgium did take the Watuna up. We can, we can hold it, yeah. Like, and that Brazil team are just very functional. Like, I was told they had, like, they had all the... They had flair and everything, but a solid defence. I'm going to stop... I don't know why I listened to that, because that's never true. Nobody's ever done that, like, ever. Well, I think as a, you know, when a team attacks and they look solid in terms of not counter-attacked, yeah. it seemed like Belgium hit them hard on the counter. I know the first goal was proper fluky. Was it an own goal? Uh, I think it was an own goal, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Because for yeah, some reason, Jonathan it. Pierce claimed it was Lukaku when he was nowhere near it. Yeah, for, for ages as well. <laughs> but You're not a big fan the, of Pierce, the, <laughs> no, I just don't like football commentators, but I, I do, just to quickly touch on it, I do think John Champion and Ali McCoyster reek good, Val. Yeah, they're all right. They're good lads, to be fair. But going back to, to Brazil, they seemed fine when it was, you know, they weren't, when they had a structure in place where they weren't counter attacked. Yeah. But it seemed like they panicked a bit. They did. They, 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 they panicked because the first until Belgium scored, they had the better of the play. They did. Brazil, like they had a couple of chances where, like you know, you should be putting that away, and they were peppering Belgium's goal. And then the second goal was such a good counter attack. Yeah, it was. It was, it was Lukaku in full Lukaku. full force, and then yeah, they won't be the last lads, but they struggled with Lukaku. They really did. And I, you know, I. Criticise Marcello a little bit because he shouldn't have allowed. He should have known that Kevin De Bruyne is Kevin De Bruyne, and he can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he did have another guy. I think it was Mounier or someone like making an overlap. So he was in a rock between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, I mean, it's you probably do in retrospect have to think that De Bruyne is going to hurt you more than Thomas Mounier. But, but at the time, you, your instinct as a fullback is to stop the run. Yeah, like that looks like a more dangerous run than letting someone hit that ball. Yeah. Like percentage wise, you'd think you'd generally be okay with someone shooting from there. Generally, just got a bit. But I think with Brazil, they their lack of they had too much. Um, 
Like they were, they were at their best when Costa came on. I thought yeah, I you give them a bit of width and you give them some a, a bit that. direct. But the problem they have, I find against someone good who can make it compact, was Coutinho and Neymar largely cover the same area, yeah. and then it's and a bit too samey. This is a bit like he's up, he doesn't drop as deep, but like he he's not a. You know he's not really, he doesn't really stretch for play that much. So it's like a, especially the first half, a bit false until about like sixty minutes in, Belgium cut off Coutinho and Neymar just from more or less Fellaini screening that side of the pitch. The big trick. <laughs> big game player, I've said it. <laughs> yeah, but like you love him. <laughs> but the thing is though, like it was just too easy. Yeah. Like and then, you know, Coutinho he did that thing where. His assist was fantastic, but it then makes people think he's had a great game and, you know, they've let him down and stuff. And he was just doing usual Coutinho software. He's trying to make shots from 30 yards out. And one goal, one goes in and people go, oh, but hasn't he played great all game? And he did keep kicking the ball into someone's shins. There was one where, like, he tried, he had the ball for about 10 seconds and, like, he's going to shoot it. But he kept, like, divering with it and then Fellaini took it off him and he did foul Fellaini. <laughs> And I was just like, but that's bringing a halt to like the the play stops. Yeah, they, like Coutinho's at his best them. when he just plays it like short, sharp passing. And then he can usually get a one-two off someone. I'd like he's like, he is dangerous from long range, but like he just fought like and to be he fair, he's to try and shoot like when he's like congested, like just shoot when you've got time and space to shoot. Don't shoot when there's a guy closing yeah, down. Exactly. You're just gonna kick it into. But I do wonder if they'd have started Firmino. Yeah, I think I probably would have. But, you know, you just never know, really. I don't think that's why they lost, though. I think, no, it, I think it's just a, a collective. Like, at times, they left Fernandino on, on an island in the first half. And he, he yeah, was... I wouldn't say he's out of his depth, because I think he's a really good player. But he, he found it really tough. Fernandino. Yeah, he had a lot of very good players who'd have to try and deal with. Like Belgium, yeah, exactly. Belgium were a team like they had all the weapons to hurt that Brazil. Like, like a, you know, a lot of the weapons. Like if Brazil had got, you know, had got through and had like, I don't know, Argentina instead, it would have kind of comfortably beat those lads. But yeah, that's that's that. But on the the Belgian front, it is worth noting that Belgium have been the best value team at the World Cup. Yeah, they seem like, to have always be in a fun game. Like, the their game match. with Tunisia was fun. Their game with Japan was... I mean, the first half wasn't amazing, but the second half was a real... Well, I'm shocked that it took him so long, Martinez, to make subs against Brazil. Yeah, it was Like, everyone strange. could see that they were flagging. Yeah, I just thought, you know, like, we're flagging, but it, it's worked. And, and, they, and they were getting it. progressively deeper. I, I just worry with Belgium, especially against France, that... Vinny K looks a mess. Oh, he really does, yeah. Vinny K, and I know they won two one, but he's all over the place. Yeah, well, I mean, he should have given away a penalty, which would have made it two one a lot earlier, and would have really put the pressure. There was chances Brazil had where he was nowhere though. What for the goal? Like, <laughs> there's one guy in the box, Vinny. What? There's you one do? guy in the in the box who is not behind you, so you can see his run all the way. So yeah. he's a midfielder running deep. So as a defender, you're marking just him. And you can see his run. He's not even doing anything different. He's just running in a straight line, and the ball's gone over your head. Yeah, it's just like you've lost your marker, and you can see his run the whole way. I I don't know, like yeah, I don't straight. think 
Dedrick Bayat is that good at all. But they've ran the risk of like... Because you can't bring him back in now because he's missed two games. Yeah. But they looked well more organised. Yeah, Vinny K is a... You know, I, like, I don't want to run him down because he was obviously a like, really, really good defender in, in his day. But I don't know if... Maybe he didn't do it back in it. But he tends to go a bit... You go, I was going to say, he, he, for a centre-back, he acts too much like the hero. There was no need to dive in for the Gabby Jesus thing. Absolutely not. And I cannot believe that that wasn't a penalty. Just while we're on that subject, it makes a mockery of the VAR thing. Like it's, I, that, like, that's as clear as you could get. Well, the thing with VAR is it's different than other sports where, like in NFL, they use it for stuff that is conclusive, like that's for rule. Yeah, like the, cr- cross for like, cr- cross, what is it? Cross for plane, is it? Basically? Cross for plane. Yeah, yeah, so like that is the rule. Yeah. Like, so there's no like, ah, oh, he hasn't. It's just it is, and then it's a touchdown. Whereas our football is still so subjective, where to some refs it's a foul, just some it isn't. Yeah, like I said, that was the clearest one I've seen. And the worst one we have for VAR, I don't think anyone's really touched on this, is. Because the guy who's doing the VAR in what I'd say, even though it's the VAR room, I'm going to call it the war room. It is a war room, So whenever he's watching, like he's from a different environment of football and he's from a different country usually than the dude who's refing on the ground. Yeah, it is like a It's a different vibe. So like what might pass off in South America might not for Europe. Yeah, a bit weird. And there's a bit of a a crossing of the wires where... One ref will go, ah, might be a pen, that. Mm. But then the guy who's refing, maybe, you know, he's from a different culture of football, might go, yeah, but when I ref, that's, that's, that's not, not a foul. Unless you've been booted day. in the face. I think one of the other problems with VAR as well is because, like, you get to watch it, like, in slow mo and, like, zoomed in. Like, stuff like handball looks miles worse. So Well, everything does in slow motion, yeah, doesn't it? So, so. so you get that, like, the worst one they've given for handball by a mile was Portugal. Yeah. Was it Cedric? Yeah. It was like, what do you want him to do? Yeah, I, I can't believe you give him that. Like, <laughs> like the, the guy's all over him on his back. <laughs> He's not going to just stand there like a pencil. He might. <laughs> but, but yeah, very, very strange. Like, I, you know, I don't hate the VAR, but... I just wonder where you draw the line, though. Plus, like, I think as well, like, you know, barring ridiculous stuff. I agree with you about drawing the line. But you know that feeling of, oh, we got screwed. Like, like Brazil's is, is miles worse now. Cause it went VAR and VAR. Like, no. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's just... But like I, I said, it, it comes back to what some refs will see mm. as a foul. Because it's not like that's in the textbook as a 100% foul. You'll get disagreements. So it's just like, it's weird VAR. It's just another pair of eyes to muddy the waters for me. Yeah, I don't... I don't, I don't see the point it. in it. It's, like, it's... Yeah, I don't think... Because the... The, um, the, the, penalties the video, or whatever they call it, for the crossing the ball over the line is just that's 100% a goal, or not. Like, that yeah. isn't subjective. That's just, like, the ball's over the line, it's a goal. There's no grey area. Yeah. So I don't mind that, and it just the ref looks at a watch or something and says yeah, goal yeah. or whatever. Exactly, yeah, it seems... But VAR, it's just, like, and then... You know, stoppage in play. Well. And then there's, there's times though where it goes to VAR, but then the ref goes and has a look. Yeah. And I'm like, could he not have just done that on his own? 
So, like, what basketball refs do is they'll have screens on the side. And then if it's, like, a foul or maybe if someone's scored a free point, but they review it to check that his foot was behind the line. Mm. Like, they'll just go and look at it and it takes, like, ten seconds. Yeah, it's a bit weird for me, Anyway, I'm sure, but it's not going away, so hopefully it'll just... just but what are, the thing is, though, like, what a ridiculous notion to test drive a thing you've never really te- like done before on the world's biggest football stage. And it's a bit odd, yeah. Like, like could they have not done this, like, somewhere else, or...? Well, we did the FA Cup last year, didn't we? Which was something of a debacle. Yeah, fair. but the going back to a similar point I was talking about with people like not really being on the same page with fouls and stuff. Like some lads have were used VAR then for argument's mm. sake, and then some haven't. Yeah. So like it's just like it's. It is very very it, odd, isn't it? I don't know. Like I'm not a massive fan of it myself. Like I think if at all, like it, it should be. Like, I, I mean, it should be used here at all, like, with the American-style challenge system. Yeah, I do, definitely. But, anyway, moving on from that, cause we've got a lot of World Cup to cover. So, in Belgium's, uh, Belgium's side of, of the draw, like, I think we'll agree that France look, like, just the best team at the World Cup, and whenever they can be asked, they'll just beat the other team. Yeah, they've they've beaten some good teams without really having to break stride. Well, well the Argentina match was just, like... But it was like France sat there and went, look, we were willing to just leave this at one. Or it was. <laughs> yeah. um, and you've chose to start. You know, it reminded me of, because so, I'm on the topics. I did watch Cobra Kai. You know the fight and the original Karate Kid at the beach? Yeah. It felt like that where, like... We're just tripping you up. Where Johnny Lawrence is like, look, mate, like... I, I've said my piece, <laughs> yeah. and then just Argentina just have turned round and just punched him in the face, <laughs> he's gone and then he's gone, ah, that's it, mate, you, you've asked you for it, because France, it was about, what, a 20-minute spell where we just blitzed Argentina. They really did as well, and they looked so good in that spell. Because in Uruguay, it was, it was a real tight game, then a bit similar, we'll touch on Sweden-England in a minute, but with Uruguay, it's got to be... You know, conceding a goal to go on nil behind it, it's a good team, is soul destroying as it is. But to concede a goal of a strength that you pride yourself on, yeah, like an aerial ball in, yeah, that's deflating, it's demoralising. It is. And then, as I was texting with you because you, you were at work and I actually got to watch the French, uh, the French game. Pogba was in that mode where he knew after about thirty minutes that he was the best player on the pitch. Yeah, so it's just, it's just, he was just, just dominant. Him and Kante he were absolutely fantastic. Like he's, obviously, I don't want to get into the Pogba too much, but like, and I'll touch on this with Ream Sterling a bit later. I don't get some people's problem with Pogba. It's like they don't. It's like there was one incident. With, there was there was a couple of incidents with Pogba which were fantastic as well. Where did you see where he he was dribbling with it? He he sent that him and as what I'd say to the shots. Oh, and he just. And then he and then he got fouled, and then that Jimenez is just bought like having an Oliver McCall like full on meltdown where he was just in like bought like absolutely balling with about eight minutes left, and Gary Neville's like, what the hell's he doing? Like, I understand him like you know being sad and stuff, maybe in stoppage time, but there's like eight minutes left, and he's pr- and he was like proper like in tears, full on like a kid who'd been told that he's not having any more ice cream or something. It was mental. 
Yeah, and, no, I didn't see it. But and then Pogba also had one bit where Mbappe got fouled. Hmm. No, Mbappe did like a flick at like 2-0 up. And um, one of the Uruguayan players, that Rodriguez, who I think is going to play for Uruguay every World Cup until he dies, <laughs> like Christian Rodriguez, because <laughs> he seems to just be everyone. He faintly touched Mbappe, and Mbappe did like a Neymar thing where he was rolling around. And then Goldin went up to Mbappe to you know, drag him up, and then Mbappe, you know. Double down. Pretty much, he just sat <laughs> and just lay down. Then all the French players got involved. Then Paul Pogba just grabbed some little Uruguayan dude. And then mouths at him, you're my bitch. While yeah, like clipping him round the head. Yeah, it was, am- it was amazing. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> you got to love that guy. Like, he was first on the scene, giving it large to the Uruguayans who had resorted by and large to their shit housery. Good Like all South American teams well, seem to Colombian be. The Colombian shit housery against England, by the way, was, was bordered on art. <laughs> It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was so good that you were even at the point where you're like, lads, just stop now. You don't need to keep carrying on. It's like, nah, but we're, we've uh, we've really um, focused on the brand here. Yeah. Like, we're staying true to the brand. And like all Copper Libertadores games, this is how it's going to go down. Yeah. But um, yeah, Uruguay, they miss Cavani a lot. Because yeah. they had to play that striker who was crap at Middlesbrough in the Premier League. Stuani. Oh, Stuani, yeah, Christian Stuani. They had to play yeah. him. So he looked well out of his depth. Well, I mean, yeah. So then Suarez was sort of doing his role and Cavani's, but neither well. well so yeah, he didn't, he didn't really have a kick. And their midfield, which is their strength, along with the two centre-backs. Two centre-backs were fine, but their midfield just got dominated by Pogba and Kante. And it's a good midfield, yeah, Uruguay, no but they just got yeah. ran ragged. Yeah. But, like, Gary Neville did this thing where, like, he started getting really grumpy, like, Laro grumpy. Yeah, he's, he's a bit weird sometimes. I told, like, you'd left by the time he was discussing the Russian-Croatia game. He kept claiming that the Croatian keeper should have saved Russia's goal. Well, I don't, I don't know if I misheard it, but he claimed, and I don't know if he, either I misheard it or he misspoke, but he claimed in the France game that goalkeepers should save everything on target. Yeah, I mean, he does seem to want... Then his Muslera criticism was funny, though, when he was watching a ball, because Muslera did that thing where, you know, he thought it was moving, so you get told the keeper to, like, parry it, like, to the side, Mm. but it didn't move as much as he thought it did. So by the time it reached him, he was... Yeah. Uh, And then Neville's like, no, it's a football, it moves, like, you know... It's pathetic. It's not like a firebomb or something. <laughs> yes. But when he started going about Mbappe, Mbappe did this like flick thing, like he always does. And yeah, when he got mm. supposedly fouled, which I don't think he did. Um, then Neville did the old, you know, like old man yells at a cloud. Yeah. He was like, ah, you know, he won't be doing that at nil. And I'm like, have you watched Mbappe play? He does it all the time. You know, like little fancy flicks and stuff. Plus, as well, like I understand that. Oh, it's 2-0, you start like it's 0-0, but, but it's not. You are 2-0 up. Plus, like England with Colombia, lads get you annoyed. You want to rub yeah. it in the face when you're beating them, especially Uruguay, you seem like, you know, massive yeah. douchebags. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, I've no problem with that. Like, there's, you know, yeah, like, in fact, I'm absolutely fine with you getting like if, a bit more expensive at 2-0 up. Yeah, if you're, a te- if you're playing a team as well that is making it, like the game to you know be dragged down to shit house or even they deserve it thank you thank you indeed 
Remember that time Nanny started taking a piss out of Arsenal, so we booed him. That I did, funny. yeah. That's still kind of fun, I enjoyed that. But anyway, so, you know, got England as well, though. Um, it's coming home. It's coming home, yeah. Am I doing that right? I think you are, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not fully on board with it. It's coming home thing, I don't think. I do like it. So our, I'd really our work, like us to win it. So, uh, our we've work, though, we've chance. started doing it. Not like it's coming yeah. home like, you know, real yeah. rocket. It's like, it's coming home, mate. You know, yeah. it's like to each other for a laugh and stuff. But I'm one of those where I largely don't care. But I'm, I'm not, like, but I'm not that, that yeah, yeah. I'm not that guy that was like, oh, it's so beneath me. No, like I, I enjoy like it. Like I'm but really. I think there's a like, lot to be positive about about England as well. Yeah, so I'm not like I'm just I'm not emotionally invested. Like I want England to win Corsity, but I'm not like uh, you know. No. A, I, a guy not... who's England till I, till I die and whatever, but you know I, I do enjoy the camaraderie it's brought. Yeah, me too. With, like, people that you it's wouldn't genuinely nice. like. Real nice. Speak to and stuff, but a few unsavoury moments. Of course. So we we had um I'm guessing not far from here, there was a West London IKEA. Yeah. Like lads so, grow up. Yeah, well, like come on lads. And then we had a guy jumping on someone's car, did you see that? Yeah. And he yeah. fell through. That was like that. You're a grown man. I did enjoy the guy who was naked with his shoes still on. I don't know if you've seen, <laughs> yeah, you seen I mean, that. That's, no, that's fantastic. <laughs> there was like an old guy who seemed to be doing some sort of crowd surfing, and then like the questions on the tweet were stuff like, "Mate, why is he naked but still got shoes on? Why is his ass so close to your face?" All legit questions. To be fair. But but yeah, no, I mean it's it's good. I think like my only concern, as I was saying to you, is like. We were just over over quarterfinals. I think before the tournament, anything after quarters would be, you know, playing with house money. I think because we had Sweden, who you'd expect to beat, that got shifted a bit. But, like, my thing now is, look, if, if you're fully bought into it, it's coming home thing. Like, if we lose in the semis to Croatia, don't act like that's a disappointment. It's the Liverpool thing. Yeah, like, it's... It's uh, the Liverpool Champions League where, you know, they built it so much up and then they're like, yeah. Did, I didn't really think we'd win anyway, but you you sort of did. Yeah, like it's just you know don't don't get on England's back and be all like ah oh, we've what a letdown they've not like they've already exceeded expectations England so everything for me is a bonus so yeah enjoy it and everything and you know get back behind them but just don't be dicks about it if we don't win the World Cup. But the problem with with that is that I mean I I actually think on paper Croatia are better. Yes, yeah, so I and. If they've got any juice left after going to the well, well back-to-back penalties, like I think they will actually win. But they need to, to a lot up. of people, Croatia aren't that big of a name. Yeah. So that England, like we've got Croatia, means that we're gonna win. You know, and if they do, and it's like, oh, we lost to fucking Croatia. You know what I mean? Like it feels like yeah. a letdown. Yeah, that's that's my concern. Like I actually think that with the extra game time and the fact that Croatia haven't looked particularly good so far. Like, I, I think England will win that. I think we'll get through to the final. I think it might. I think it'll be really close. I just think it with England... Depends. Like, if Croatia get it together... I think, I think England's problem is the way they play is quite open. Mm. Croatia haven't played anyone in the knockouts who have come at them. No. So they've struggled because they've they've not really got anyone dynamic who can run in behind and stretch the play Croatia. They've got three fantastic midfielders who play centrally and keep the ball and and whatever, but like a lot of their, their goals have been off the cuff. 
Yeah, they have. Yeah. In the, in the knockouts for Croatia, so they've not really had like a wing. Like I, I've said to you, like, I'm not sure why Rebic plays, but he does. No, me neither. Like I'd play that Piazza guy who cut you came on. Was it yesterday? Like yeah. I'd get him down one wing, and he, if you're going to play Cramrich, just play him down a wing. Don't give him this weird free roll yeah, thing I, that he seems to be why are you, on about. It's a bit weird giving Cramrich a free roll when you have Rakitic and Modric, and then I'd just play Kovacic every. Every game, which they just seem to just bring him on for some yeah. weird reason. But like, incidentally, yeah. he did play with a dislocated shoulder against oh. um, who was he did he play with it Denmark? Yeah, Denmark. Because yeah. I said to you, I was like, he looks low his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, but then I was like, he's playing with a dislocated shoulder. I assume it's it's not dislocated because <laughs> yeah. he didn't go off or anything. But going back to Croatia, I think it'll help them having a team that comes on and plays on the front foot. I'm just not sure that they've got the dynamic forwards to make it pay against it. Like, I think they will probably win a tight one with England, but I think that's because of how much or high regard I have Rakitic and Modric in. Yeah, like, I think... I I agree with you. I think if if they're on it and they turn up, they beat England. But I'm just... You know, extra game time and they've looked so... So out of sorts, and uh, you know, obviously they they've played teams that have made it difficult to look good, and they have the hosts and stuff. So I'm just hope, but I'm just hoping they can't get out of that funk and England. Get but I do. Up. I mean, the, the paradox is that I think how England plays suits Croatia, but it's England's strength. I don't want them going yeah. and playing really defensive and negative. I want them just to have a go. Yeah, me too. It, it's been the feel good like factor of yeah, the tournament for England. Give it a go. Got to give it a go. Just you know, you know what my big concern about England going in is well, pretty sure you do because I keep saying it. It's Kyle Walker as a centre back. <laughs> like for the most part, the English defence hasn't been that tested really. Um, like obviously Panama and, and Tunisia didn't exactly give it a good old go, and Tunisia profited from a Kyle Walker ever to get themselves level. Um, and like, yeah, Colombia, you know, he didn't do anything wrong in that game. Uh, but yeah, he just, I don't know. He there was one, there was one mistake he made, was it against Sweden? Where he played around the man, yes, yes it was. Yeah. But the guy had no speed whatsoever. Well, that's a, that's a good thing about Kyle Walker. As much as he does make mistakes and he's not actually that good at defending, he is very quick. So yeah, he's a lot of the time he can recover from... But I think Stones and Maguire have been quality. Like, I think Walker has, he just makes weird, like... Yeah, mistakes where he switches like off. Yeah, he's. I think his general defending's been really good. Yeah, like I think time, really good. I think Stones and Maguire have been excellent. I think Butland, uh, Butland, McPickford's yeah. been really good. I thought, I thought England just as a team were really good. I think Henderson's year. been excellent. Yeah. Just like, other than penalty taking. <laughs> I thought as well actually. I think on on the like. On Maguire, I thought Sterling was really good against Sweden. But I think with Sterling, though, like the chance that he missed aside, like you won't because of the TV. When you watch on TV, mm-hmm. it only really focuses on the player who's got the ball and maybe a couple of players around him. So you won't see the runs that Sterling makes, you well, know, like in and around the defense and stuff. But I think, like I thought, Henderson improved against Sweden with this, but early on. I felt like England's midfield in possession didn't take enough risks to yeah. really, you know, accentuate Sterling's strengths, if you know what I mean. Yeah. 
but uh, he, the, he he did stretch yes. Sweden's defence though. Like Kane, Kane did nothing. Yeah, exactly. Kane was well marshalled, and England were getting through and in behind because of Sterling's pace yeah, and like, movement. Yeah, Sweden looked genuinely a bit scared of Sterling. Yeah, they were. Like, I mean, he should have scored, like obviously, but but that's not the reason he's on the pitch so much. Like no, like Kane was the goal scorer, so to speak. Like Sterling was there to essentially make sure that that you know Sweden essentially dragged deeper than they wanted to be. But it gives you a different, you know, ways of playing. So if you're under the cosh a bit, you can hit it into the channel and he'll make something out of it. Yeah. Someone in one of my many WhatsApp groups I have somehow got into was comparing him to Emil Heskey. I assume that that was, like, intended a, a, as an insult. Like, but it's not actually that bad of an... Obviously, they don't also, play not rem- I was going to say... Not, not similarly, like, he meant... His failure to score more than anything, but like Heskey was well underappreciated for England. Like for ages, there England were only ever looked good if Emil Heskey was playing because essentially he was just he did loads of unselfish work and like he got attacked at by just keeping the ball up the other team's end and stuff. And people got up and then other people who were better. But he was really good, Heskey as well. It just mm. not letting the defense rest. Yeah, exactly. Like Sterling, either by the same holding it up or like making an you know an yeah. unretrievable ball. Yeah, just stay man. <laughs> like that was his entire game for England. It was just like it just stays in my half, and the more time he spends, the better. But like Sterling, like had a vaguely similar ball against Sweden, in but he essentially didn't let them rest because of the constant threat, rather than you know just generally. Tell you, he's been shit though, and I know he scored on Saturday. Delhi Alley's had two of the worst major tournaments I can remember. Hopefully, he picks it up for that semi. Was it maybe the goal? Well, that's what I wor- that's what I worry about England going back to the Croatian midfield is if they can keep the ball, Henderson's going to be isolated for most of it. Yeah, I mean, Delhi for me is not a midfielder you can sit in and be disciplined. And... No, no, and neither can Jesse. To be fair, um, as much as I love him, as the pride of my hometown. And um, what a fine ball it was from Jesse for the second, by the way. What a lovely nanny is. And no one seemed to bring it up, though. No, it was dead weird. <laughs> it's like, I think, like, half-time analysis focused on why why is nobody crossing first time from that position Jesse Lingard was in. Then when he picked out a wonderful ball first time, everyone was just like, ah, Sweden, Sweden, Sweden had a, a Uruguay thing about and where they pride themselves on organisation and structure and defending like yeah. you know headers and so have the both goals conceded that way must have been soul destroying for them yeah it must have been like Sweden are a team who are much better than the, the, the actual players they have like man yeah, for man yeah, that yeah, is an awful team definitely they're not that bad but it's an awful team man for man yeah they're not really it, it's weird they don't have guys that can cross for me, but they have two strikers who feed off it. Yeah, they're a mis- mishmash of like everything. So, how, yeah, how are we still going here? But like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how good they are and how much they just profited from other people being a bit rubbish. But see, they qualified from Germany's group. Well, I think the good thing about England was like they were quite patient. England, like they yeah. all, they always had a sense that it was coming. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I think like Germany panicked. I know they scored at the end, but they they panicked. Yeah, well, the Germans and, were. And Italy did. Italy. I did, I've not seen them against Holland, but Italy in the second leg 
through the kitchen sink at him, but but just not really creating much. It was just yeah. constant. We're crossing a ball in, and that's well, what Sweden was. To be fair, Holland all is over. like Holland is one of ours. Right? It's like it, at the minute, I'm not, hopefully it won't stay this way forever because I like a good Holland team. Holland are just not. No, they're not a factor, are they? That's it's not. It's a big name to beat them, but it's not. I don't know what they're like. Oh. I don't know what they produce anymore. No, they. Well, they they've got um. What's his face from from Everton? Uh, has he gone back, David Classen? I don't know. I don't know. Is it, is I, he still there, Classen? As my as my mate said, well, the thing with Ajax, and and this applies to South America as well. If you're still at that place when you're like twenty three, nah, you, you're not any good, mate. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're not a no. star in the making. They haven't produced a real proper world class player in a while for Dutch. Um, I mean, not not ages, ages, but like their current their current generation has no no real world class players. But I'm aware of got some decent defenders actually. They've got a couple like that. Delit guy looks like he might turn yeah. out to be really good. We'll, we'll see how Van Dijk gets on at um, a little bit. Could be debatable, but. But yeah, maybe Jethro Williams will one day. But they're not. But going forward, like producing bit. what you'd expect from like. No. You always think Holland total football. No. Wingers, yeah, exactly. forwards, strikers, and they don't really have like who's their, I don't even know who a striker is. I have a horrible feeling, but it's. Um, Luke De Jong. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's that kind of level. But I was gonna say Luke De Jong or still. Um, what's his face? I think I've actually retired now. Um, Hasselbank. No. <laughs> guy who played for Mate, Bolton. he made kill for Hasselbank now. Uh, poor man's Van Nistelrooy. He played for Schalke for a bit. Um, Huntelaar. Huntelaar, yeah. Probably kicking it. Is that Ajax? Isn't he? Probably kicking yeah. about somewhere. So, in think, international think he gets a game. Vincent Janssen as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Just stuff like that is not... Yeah. Anyway, that's like an hour and ten minutes. So Is it? Yeah, we'll probably call it a day <laughs> on the old podcast. And we'll be back next week after the World Cup final. Um, so just before we go, who do you reckon is going to win the World Cup? This um, France, I think. I'm going to go with Belgium. I, go, I, I stuck with, uh, I think, before the knockouts. So I said Germany, which was an awful I'm choice. I'm Belgium, so I don't have to agree with you. <laughs> France but I did favorite. say France, Croatia will be my final, so I'll stick with it. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we'll see how it gets on. We'll reconvene here, shall we? Later, guys.